Welcome to Ways to Lure a Goat. Welcome to Just Because I'm the Pope doesn't mean I don't like dirty limericks. With me, Pope Francis. Hello, we're Gilbert and George, and this is Gilbert, Gilbert and George Review Airbnb Properties. It's a real sense of loss to know that we'll never have that again. No, no, you can't go back. You can't Can go back to Beachy Head with Gregory Peck. That was a clip from our upcoming six-parter, Anton Deck, Morn Gregory Peck. Hello, and welcome to the Soundheat Podcast, the podcast of podcasts. It's a one-stop shop for all the best podcasts this week. I'm John Luke Roberts, the CEO and fun captain of Soundheap Inc. At Soundheap, we are proud to create a migraine-inducing number of podcasts. And in this, our curated taste pod, we help you find out which of our 1,053 podcasts is right for you. We're sad and proud that next week sees the release of the 99th and final episode of What is a Shoe?, Piers Crefley's exhaustive investigation and defence of shoes. To commemorate, that's commiserate and celebrate, Piers's achievement, we have the first listen to an exclusive extract from next week's finale. But before that, we'll be playing some favourite clips from the archive. Here's the first clip from episode one, way back in 2014. The feet are a very human tradition. They are at the bottom of the leg and act as a balancing tool to help you transport yourself around the place. The feet are delicate, though, and require protection. A shoe offers that protection. A shoe is made up of various elements. The sole. The sole is very much where the shoe lives and breathes. It is the base or the... uh, the underneath of the shoe attached to that is the shell. The shell of the shoe uh, encases the top half of your foot with an exit where your ankle will just happily, happily sit. More from What is a Show later in the shoe. And if you're a fan of things later in the shoe, you'll be happy to know we've got other things coming up later as well. For example, coming up later, we've got 3 minutes 34 seconds from hit driving podcast Traffic Signs Rated. And we'll trail that for you with 49 seconds of it now. Are you ready to rate some traffic signs? Yeah, I've been ready for two hours. The stop sign. Uh, listen, a lot of people, they look at the stop sign and they kind of think, yeah, I know, you know? Right? Yeah, it's quite yeah. an obvious sign. Like, yeah. I don't need someone saying stop, right. you know? But what I would say is, I love the colour. I love red. it. Red. Red. Yeah. Yeah, is that what it's called? I, th- I think so, yeah. Red. Yeah, it's just a plain sort of pillar box red. Oh, I I love it. And I was thinking, I, I was saying earlier to myself, I've got to paint my hall this colour. Yeah, if red. they have it. If they have it. I, I think they'll have red. Well... Do you like looking at pictures of dogs on Instagram? I love it. 
but I'm taking a break from social media to improve my mental semblance. So now I just have my assistant Dawny describe pictures of dogs to me. It's not ideal, the language she uses is quite imprecise, and she says a wolf demeaned too often. Anyway, if your dog's an influencer or has aspirations to be one, you could do worse than listening to Jesus, that dog's pretty, the guide to putting makeup on your canine companion. A lot of dogs have different noses, don't they? Mm-hmm. Some of them have got pointy noses, the sniffer dogs and things like that. That's but true. then you've got the ones that have got the sticky in noses, mm-hmm. the flat mm-hmm. noses, and they we do. know that they suffer, don't they, from quite they a lot of snotty residue. No, it's like you have to, you have really have to suck it out of that nose. You do. You want to get rid of it. That's um, right. But all, all noses are beautiful. There's no dog which does not have a nose. That's one thing we know. We no, do know that. No dog doesn't have a nose at all. No, because uh, otherwise you do that, that joke... My dog's got no nose, and they'd say, oh, yes, a lot of them don't have noses. Yes, and they'd say, and actually, I find that quite um, upsetting that you brought it up. Exactly, and then you'd think, well, what was the punchline again? Oh, I know. Oh, God, I'm terrible for punchlines. Uh, Sometimes I remember the punchline, but not the joke, and sometimes I remember the joke, but not the punchline. It's a nightmare. Jamaica! (laughs) Exactly. Going around going, so, but noses. Now, a, a wet nose... Yes. is often seen as a sign of healthiness for a dog. Yes, but that is not correct. It's not necessarily correct. It's actually no. nice for dogs to have dry noses. That's right, dry. They want they want to look damp, not wet. Well, and this is the point. You want this is where, you know, inner health and outer health comes along. Beauty in a dog is a wet nose, but um but health for a dog is a very dry nose. So, what we're looking for in the makeup uh section mm. for this is something that will help the nose look wet. While keeping it parched, dry, you, you that's know. That's absolutely right, Leslie. And so that's why our first tip for the day is mm. a can of golden syrup. Now, golden syrup, of course, is delicious and has a lovely shine to it. Don't you don't want too much? <laughs> it does, it does, it does. You don't want too much. Just a teaspoon, and just want to damp that on their nose. And I'll tell you why, Leslie. I'll tell you why. Because if you put that golden syrup on their nose, do you know what they're going to do? Lick it off. That's right. They're going to lick right. it off. So they're going to keep that no- nose nice and moist. Mm but not too moist. Mm -hmm. And that means that the air will then dry the nose and they will go from having a lovely sheen to being completely dry to having a lovely sheen to being completely dry. Do you see what I mean? It's actually a Mm two-look. It's one one that can go from day to night. So the aim is to keep them licking. Keep them licking. That should be the name of our next podcast. (laughs) It's not... Oh, no! (laughs) Keep them licking. Leslie, what time is this going out? Oh, it's a podcast, we can't control it. Oh, this is awful. awful. No, I don't want people downloading our podcast at 8.59pm and then writing angry letters because it's free watershed. No! (laughs) Free watershed! Oh, you're awful, Jermaine. Don't keep them licking. Keep them loving. That's what we want to say. Keep them loving. Jesus, That Dog's Pretty is a great podcast for dog owners. But what about a podcast for dogs themselves? Well, why not try Who Is? Who Is? The world's only podcast purposefully made for dogs. Who's a good boy? You're a good boy, aren't you? He's a good boy. Oh, got a lovely... Do you want a biscuit? A biscuit? He's a good boy, is he a good boy? Oh, you'll be so... He's a good boy. You're such a good boy. You're such a good boy. Yes, you are. Yes, you are such a good boy. I get you. Lie down. Lie down. Lie down. Lie down. Roll over. Roll all the way over. 
I find that even as a human, that's pretty good for my self-esteem. If you're looking for a documentary, Soundheat producer Shepparton Foresight has put together an absolute corker this week. Let's take a listen. Yeah, I think it was about uh, about an hour into the sort of celebration bit. It was really weird that it got that far, actually, because he must have known the whole time that we were married. And he sort of sidled up and kind of explained it to me, and I... I guess I just, uh, I had to explain it to Donald and then, you know, we had to explain it to everyone, basically, sort of Chinese whispers of what had happened. And uh, I wasn't as stressed as the best man, to be fair, because he had a speech to do and, and he was worried that none of the stories would make sense now because the groom was an 83-year-old priest and not and not Donald. Hello, I'm Shepparton Foresight and I'm here to share with you a story from my documentary, Clerical Errors, When People Accidentally Marry Priests. It was the 8th of October 2018 and Stephanie Norton was planning to tie the knot with Donald Farrier, her long-term partner. Stephanie had obsessed with every detail of the wedding, the seating, the food, the decorations, but like a lot of young women nowadays, she hadn't given much thought to the priest. If he said to me, I'm a Basil Rathbone impersonator, I would have said, yeah. And then I, thought, I would have said, well, well, what are you doing the wedding for? We need a priest. But he um, he had that, like, he was going to solve a crime kind of vibe. Um, but he wasn't. He was, he was going to marry us, so. But something would happen that day which would not only surprise Stephanie, but change the course of her life, perhaps forever. When the priest said, and you may now kiss the priest, I really thought, Oh, it's such a long time since I've been to a Catholic church, I really forgot all their funny little quirks. But then he went in for a full-on mouth kiss, and I realised what had happened, and it wasn't just one of those strange rituals they have. So initially, absolutely fine with it, but pretty much as soon as it happened, very, very alarmed. About 30 minutes into the reception, Stephanie found herself tapping a glass with a spoon, but to give a rather different speech than she'd expected. How did her friends take the news? We we grieved for Donald, obviously, because he was still there at the reception because he was in shock. Seven champagnes in, he he started to weep profusely. But the... um, the priest was was really lapping it up. And, and, and I have to say, honestly, I, I'm, and I'm Donald's friend, more than I'm Stephanie's friend, I really felt like maybe the priest was a better choice. So there was an awkwardness because we hadn't come to witness the, the marriage of Stephanie and the, the priest, but actually it made a lot more sense. Stephanie's always had daddy issues anyway. Uh, so Donald being the same age as her, never seemed to be the right choice. She needed an older, more mature man. And the priest, as we all have to call him, we, still, we call him the priest, um, he he just has an air of wisdom that, that Stephanie needs in her life at this moment. The question I find myself asking was, how did Donald take it? Well, obviously he lost his faith 
Um, they were having a, a big Catholic wedding. There was 250 people there. And uh, when the priest took, well, he says stole his wife, but, you know, she was, takes two to tango, as it was. We had to say to him, yeah, maybe the Lord is punishing you at this time. We gave him the sacrament and he refused to take it. He no longer believes that the wine becomes the actual blood of Jesus. And uh, he can't look at wafers anymore. You know, pink wafers, any old wafer, Kit Kats. Well, he'll, he'll eat a Kit Kat just with the hope that it's one of the fully chocolate ones. But, but yes, don't, don't show Donald a wafer. That's my, my advice to you. Um, he hasn't been able to sleep, really. Uh, he definitely hasn't been able to pray. And uh, his Tinder profile is, if you know what a rosary bead is, do not at me. has really taken the whole thing in his stride we see each other you know regularly in public obviously we don't want to we don't want people to talk um but we we do keep in touch and um i would say the first couple of hours days weeks was just um constant anger really was was how i would describe donald's emotions constant anger uh confusion very upset about the amount of paperwork we potentially had to do because we'd already had to do a lot of paperwork and now, you know, it was all... It was all just... Uh, he gets very stressed very easily, so... But, you know, we're working through it and um, we do see each other and that's nice. Obviously, again, it's very platonic at the moment because it's it's really not on to to cheat on a priest. Marrying one isn't great, but then you, you, you've you got to stay loyal after that. You know, if you're going to do it, you've really got to follow through, so... Thanks a lot to Shepperton for that piece. Oh, it's no bother. Why not follow us on Twitter, at SoundTPink? We type things there and occasionally share links and pictures. You're listening to the SoundTeep podcast. SoundTeep, where podcasts go to live. So, here's an interesting fact. When we record someone's voice, in order to use that recording, we have to get them to sign something called a release form. A release form is a legal document that gives us permission to use their voice. Some people don't give permission, and I've always wondered, why? That's why I made my new investigative podcast, Interviews with People Who Won't Sign Release Forms. Here's a clip. So why is it, do you think, you refuse to sign release forms? Mm -hmm. Sorry, uh, would you be able to say that again, but this time state the question in your answer? Yeah, so say... The reason I refuse to sign release forms is, and so on. Yeah, yeah, it's just helpful for the edit. Let's return to Pierce Crefley's What is a Shoe? So, the clip I'm about to play you... Now, I remember this episode going out because this was the episode that made me think... You know what? This is quite a good podcast, actually. I won't go on about it. Uh, so it, uh, here's a clip from episode 82. The Great Shoe Paradox. How do shoes know when to stay on the feet and when to not be on the feet at all? The clasp can be laces, Velcro small buttons it can also be a zip it can be those little um, little things where you push uh, into one side and then it, it's got a hole on the other side and then you 
push that together and it just seals. It can sometimes just be uh, of it can sometimes just be gravity that uh, enables the shoe to stay together. Opinions are like arseholes. They've touched just about everything you can think of. From books to film stars to new builds, someone somewhere has lightly or firmly pushed their opinion onto it. But I've never heard an opinion on a traffic sign. That's weird, right? They're everywhere, but you never hear people comment on them. They just blindly do what they say. Until now, that is. Here's a clip from Traffic Signs Rated. It's in a triangle, red triangle. It's a car coming off the edge of a kind of solid block into three wavy lines. And the car no, is... Oh, no. That's a horror movie. Well, I think it's a warning that no, not to do that, not to drive off into the ocean. I'm going to see that sign. I'm going to say, OK, fine, I'll do it if that's what I have to do. It's a right. horror movie. One out of ten. Right, OK. Uh, this one is it's a sort of zigzag shape. It's a, uh, a, it uh, points forward, then points back, then points up again. looks a bit like ten. a one. Right, ten for the wonky end. Yeah. Uh, any reasoning there? Well, it just sounds like a great night out. Right. Uh, this one is a, a mini roundabout sign. There's a mini roundabout coming up, so it's three uh, three little black arrows in a circle pointing at each other. I'm sorry. I'm so over the mini roundabout sign. Like, right. it's dull. So I'd give it two. Uh, okay, so loose uh, loose rocks ahead. This is a mountain with bits of rock falling off the side of the mountain in a red triangle. You're not going to catch me out. I that's the fake one. I've heard the show. I'm sure there's a fake one each week. No, that's it's a real sign. No. All right, okay. well, there's another one here. The triangle this time is the other way up, so the pointy bit's at the bottom, and inside the triangle it says, Give way. Ten. Two old people. One of them is holding on to the other one's waist, and the one in front has a stick. I know this joke. <laughs> it's, it's a rude one, isn't it? No, that's the sign. It's two old people. They're bent over, so you can tell they're old. And oh, that's a different. Th- that's a different joke entirely. No, it's not a joke. It's a sign. It's not. It's a sign of time. If I can't joke about it. <laughs> no, it's just a sign. It means be be. You know, look out. There's old people around here. You know. Like Why is the Hobo Code telling me to look out for old people? Well, it's if you're what in the your... hell is their vibe? Okay, well, this one's roadworks. It's a man bent over, a person bent over, uh, and he's got a stick which he's pushing into a sort of triangular heap. Okay, so it's the guy from before and he's got a job? I don't know that there's any continuity between the signs. <laughs> I mean, it's quite a clear suggestion. The guy's got a stick and now he's bending over. Right, so what's the story then? Nine out of ten. A celebrity friend of mine, who I won't name, got in touch with me recently asking for advice on making an apology. I said, well, you should listen to Sozcast. It's full of great apologies from real people. Then I said, why? What have you done? And he said, nothing yet. I'm planning to do it next Thursday. Here's Sozcast. Apologies for the way I broke the news about your diagnosis, although i got to be honest with you, I think the bakery bears some of the responsibility for agreeing to ice it on the cake. I'm sorry I painted the words a chicken on each one of your cows. I'm sorry for the confusion that must have caused. 
I'm sorry that I said I would tattoo my uh, my my penis with the markings of a corn snake, uh, and then didn't go through with it, leaving you to tattoo your uh, uh, penis with the markings of a corn snake, and then uh, and then feel very isolated um, because it was it was it was it was something we were both meant to do. Sorry, I stole your nose. I'm sorry everything I do makes you sad or mad. Sorry my teeth are so sexy. Apologies for taunting your aunt. I'm sorry I scared everyone by climbing the Empire State Building clutching a blonde woman in my big monkey hand. I'm sorry I said your spells were shit spells and that I had turned into a frog because I decided to, not because you cast the spell on me. Actually, I think it was the spell that turned me into a frog. I'm sorry for inciting racial hatred. I'm sorry that my arms are too short to reach the dirty magazines. ever wondered how music works? I have. I've actually been escorted out of performances of Buddhist chants for shouting, how the f*** are they doing that? If you're like me, then you'll enjoy Elty John's lovely sons. Hello, my name is Elty John, and I am Elty John, and he has a lot of lovely songs. I sing all the lovely songs, and I write all the lovely songs, but I don't write the words of the lovely songs. He had my friend do it. He called Barney. Today I'm going to talk about a particular song that I absolutely love. Well, I wrote it off. Wow, 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 wow. What a lovely song. It's a song. It's called, um, it's called a rocket man And it's about a man who is also half a rocket. I said to um, Bernie, I said, Bernie, I want a song about a rocket man. A man is a rocket. And he said, well, I don't know what to call it. I said, come on, Bernie. Good word. You've sure you come up. So he said, rocket man. I said, oh, that's good. That's good. And uh, what will a rocket man say? I said, and he said, well, I think a rocket man will say something like, well, I'm a rocket man. And I said, oh, yeah, yeah, we'd say that. He'd talk about that quite a lot about how he's a rocket man. And I go, I don't know about being a rocket man. Because I thought, actually, this is what we, this is what you do to get to that point. I said to Bernie, to get to that point, Bernie would like, well, we got a, a lot of songs. There was a song called My Song, and that was actually also sung by a man who was a rocket. But he didn't mention it in the phone. And um, there's also another song that's uh, called Good and Bye Bye Yellow Brick Rod. And that one uh, is also sung by a man who's a rocket. But he doesn't mention it, he's a rocket. And I thought it's about time that he mentioned he's a rocket. So we got him to mention he's a rocket. And that's what the song Rocket A Man is about. Anyway, um, thank you very much. I've been Elty Jump. Uh, Tower Negaton is in the room, but he's not said anything. Have you? You're listening to Soundheap. Soundheap, the lightest way to enjoy podcasts. We love science here at Soundheap, as anyone who listens to our long-running podcast, SciWi, will know. If you want to jump into SciWi, try episode 21, Quantum for Mums, or episode 34, Heat is Work and Work is Boring, or episode 36, But Being Fellated by a Black Hole Isn't Without Its Dangers. Although really, every episode is a winner. 
But although we love science, and we do, 72% of our podcasts are peer-reviewed, we've discovered that there's a lot of money to be made in just making shit up. That's why we've launched Conspiracy Heap, your one-stop shop for all your conspiracy theory podcast needs. Conspiracy Heap. We make sheep into wool. Shows coming up include David Icke's Not Mad Enough For Me and The Fog on the Tyne is All George Soros's and Reflections on the Theme of Mortality, in which hosts Terry Cool and Jess Flamps argue compellingly that death doesn't exist. Our listeners are here to hear us talk about the great conspiracy, which is death. We, we have been led to believe in this world uh, that people die, uh, that they pass away, that they cease to be alive anymore. And what do we say to that, Jessica? We say that is collywobble. We say that is nonsense. We say they are nincompoops and nobody is dead. <laughs> we do, but we try to be as uh, empathetic as possible with these morons who believe that people do die. Now, I remember the first time that I was led to a funeral procession as just a tiny boy of eight years old when my grandmother, who I maintain is still alive, who I maintain is still alive, absolutely, when my grandmother, apparently, I was told by my loved ones, had dead and was in that box in front of me. I had a similar experience at a young age. I was in a room and I actually saw somebody die in inverted commas and guess what? Everybody left that room, everybody was crying and crying, and I turned back and they opened their eyes and winked at me. And, you know, I've heard this story from you before. I think it's a wonderful story. It encapsulates everything that we stand for and it shows us what we are up against. Have I told you about the recent research I've been doing um, into the hidden geography? I don't know if I've met... I've been doing it with, its, with with some people in my area who agree with our opinions and we found that there are actually a lot of secret islands that aren't, haven't been on maps ever and that's where people go, we think, when they've pretended to die. I've, it sounds very compelling to me. It sounds very plausible. Um, you'd need, of course, boats, I, I presume, to get people to the islands but we know that boats do exist. We have seen them. There is there is absolute possibility that those boats could be used to transport the so-called dead, or as I would like to call them, the undead. Or I would if that hadn't been stolen by the movie makers and used to talk about a fictional, fantastical zombie creature. We should have undead because people do not die. Thank you very much. And why, 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 why? I just tried a rhyme there. It didn't make sense, but I thought I'd throw a rhyme in. Let me continue it for you. Why, 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 why are we told this every year when we know that actually people just disappear? We're always on the lookout for new podcasts, so if you've got a conspiracy, please write in. You're listening to Soundheap. Soundheap, not sheep. Time's just about out for us, so I can't hold this from you any longer. For this week's punch-out, let's leave it to Piers Crefley to tie things up. And can I say, on behalf of the Soundheap Inc. family, thank you, Piers, and congratulations for creating the last word in podcasts about shoes.
overall, shoes have become a ever present in our lives, despite many naysayers early on in their invention claiming that they would never catch on. Not only have they caught on, they have laced themselves up and remain a very strong part of transport. Soundheap was presented by me, John Luke Roberts, and featured Alexis Dubas, Eleanor Morton, Ellis James, Gareth Gwynn, Izzy Sutty, Johnny Donahoe, Josie Long, Jos Norris, Kieran Hodgson, Margaret Cabon Smith, Paddy Jervers, Pippa Evans, River Hall, and Stuart Laws. The original music was by Paddy Jervers and Rob Sell at Torch and Compass, and the producer was Ed Morrish. Soundheap is a Lead Mojo production for Audi. Boop, boop. <laughs> <laughs>